Hey, welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. This is where we talk about the issue the church faces and how the church should respond to those issues. Here we will talk about doctrine, theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to deal with these things. So get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready for the tables to be flipped. Here at Table Flippers, table flipping is what we do. Hello, welcome to Table Flippers. I'm glad you can join us. I want to start today's podcast with a, a testimony. At least it was a testimony to me. Last night, a young lady at our church, she has a couple kids and she attends our church, came up and said to me, I'm not used to being around an apostle like you. And uh, I said, well, is that good or bad? And she says, no, it's good. What happened was uh, myself and Jose, one of the workers at our church, one of the ministers at our church, was at the church when the youth group was there having their youth meeting. Anyways, and Jose and I was taking down this small tent to put it away that we had set up for an event, so we were breaking it down. On the other side of the wall was the youth group with our youth pastors. <clears throat> so as Jose and I are breaking down this tent, trying to figure out how to put it away correctly, a water balloon comes flying over the wall, and then another, and then another, and then another. So, of course, we look up to see where these water balloons are coming from. Why are we being assaulted with water balloons? And the youth group was on the other side of this wall. I don't know what they were standing on, but they were all had their heads looking at us over the wall, throwing water balloons at us. And when I say water balloons, I don't mean just one or two. I mean, it felt like a barrage. Hundreds of them were coming. At least it felt that way. And um, so Jose and I, of course, we're moving around, trying not to get wet. We started doing our best to catch the water balloons before they break so we could throw them back at the kids. And this exchange went on for a little, little while because, like I said, it felt like there was hundreds of balloons, not just a few. So we were in this water balloon fight with the youth group, just having a good time. And the only problem, I guess you could say, that I had was I kept thinking, I don't want this tent to get wet because we have to fold it up and put it away. And I didn't want the problems of doing that with a wet uh, tent. That was it. That was my only objection to this water balloon war but it was such a small objection that I didn't even voice that objection to anybody now the only reason I bring that up is because of her statement she said the church that I had come from there would be absolutely no way that anybody would do that to the apostle of the church or the leadership of the church there would be no way that they would get into a water balloon fight let alone have one of the kids throw a water balloon at them it would have been a nightmare and uh, she says, you're not like that. And I went, just went on to explain to her how, well, I'm just trying to be real. I enjoy that. I did say I looked at her very sternly and I poked my finger at her and I said this. I took down names of every kid who threw water balloon at me because rest assured, I will get them back. When they least expect it, I'm going to bombard them with water balloons. And it's all back to the water balloons and having another water balloon fight, not reprimanding or embarrassing people or expecting them to treat me like, like uh, some god, little g, of course, 
some God that I am not. What does that have to do with our overall table flipping uh, podcast? Well, absolutely everything, because these are some of the issues that this podcast will be addressing. I don't know about you, but I, for one, I am just absolutely fed up with fake, false leadership. This leadership that thinks that is too good just to be a real human being around its people. I remember years ago, uh, my wife and I, we were associate pastors at a church, and we had some strange expectations put on us by the head pastor, head apostle. We were told uh, to dress a certain way, which for the most part, I didn't really have too much of a problem with, walk a certain way, act a certain way. We were even expected at one point to um, meet him at the in the parking lot when he pulled up in the morning so I could carry his books, his, his bag, his uh, water bottle, and escort him into the church because he said that that would make people respect me because I was basically the servant to the apostle. That I thanked him but declined in some nice words. But we were, we were constantly in trouble at that church. We got in trouble for hanging out with the people after church, inviting them over to our home for barbecues, for going to uh, birthday parties and pool parties. We were rep- actually reprimanded for hanging out with the very people of the church we were supposed to be pastoring. Now go figure. How in God's name can a shepherd truly take care of the sheep if the shepherd isn't with the sheep? But it was all for the sake of them respecting us. You see, he said, we hang out with them. We're just too common. We're just too too much like one of them. They don't really respect us. And that was not the case, at least at the time. So these are some of the things that I want to address. That was absolutely absurd of this so-called apostle. That was absurd to even go there to think that. And as it was absurd for him to be consumed in that. It was absurd for the pastors of this one church that this young lady was describing to just not be real with the people. And please don't get me wrong. It wasn't a Sunday morning, you know, five minutes before I was going to step up there and preach. You know, that would have been rude to be bombarded with with uh, water balloons. But come on, if we can't be so real as to just go have a water balloon fight with our youth group, for crying out loud, who are we? What we have we become? If we can't be real to be with people, to go out to lunch or dinner with people, and hang out with them, go to pool parties, or rub elbows, so to speak, with the common folk, you know, if we can't do that, what in God's name are we doing in ministry? Brings to mind something that just found or saw just recently. Just recently, there was a clip that went, I don't know if it went viral, you know, but semi-viral at least, of a pastor reprimanding his congregation. And what it came down to was last year, he had asked for a Movado watch. And here it is August of this year, and he still didn't have his Movado watch. And he went on and he, he reprimanded the people before this. Am I not worth your McDonald's money? If I'm not worth your Gucci money? You know, and he was trying to basically say, because you disrespect me by not buying me my watch, how can God bless you? How can, you, you know, it's just, 
it was just very, very strange. What it reminded me of some entitled little brat kid who expected everybody in the world to take care of not just his needs, but his wants. So I just out of curiosity went online to look to see how much, how expensive is a Movado watch. And at least the ones that I found, Movado is a nice watch. I really like them, but please don't send me a Movado watch. I found out that Movado watches start at roughly $400 and I found them go up to about $2,000, at least the ones that I had found. And they were at different price ranges or different prices between $400 and $2,000. So I thought to myself, I said, self, if I was really wanting a Movado watch, those are expensive watches. Please don't misunderstand me. Certainly not Rolls Royce. Uh, Rolex, I should say, expensive, but expensive. But $400, even if I didn't have $400 or $1,000, it wouldn't take me years to get my own Movado watch. I, If I started saving now, and when I say saving, I mean, I don't mean just like a penny a day or something. I'm talking about really, you know, cutting out my Starbucks or something and saving, I could have that Movado watch easy in about six months. And so I thought to myself, I said, self, what if this pastor just is not from a more affluent congregation that they can't afford to give him a decent salary? And maybe he really is broke and that Movado watch meant everything to him. Well, granted, he still should not be up there whining and complaining and berating his people for not buying him a watch, of all things. Secondly, if you saw the backdrop of this church and the way he was dressed, clearly a $400 or even a $1,000 Movado watch could come a lot sooner if he paid for it himself. So this video was very disturbing, but it was also just showcasing the mindset of so many ministers and pastors in the body of Christ. It's just absolutely ridiculous how some of these leaders think and how they treat people. Um, and, and the list can go on. I can talk about these types of things all day long. And honestly, it just kind of, it frustrates me because these are my peers. Now, before anybody thinks that I'm trying to come off like I'm perfect, oh, I am certainly not. I have... I have made many, many, many mistakes in the ministry. But I can, I think I can honestly say, at least in this area, not perfect, but I am at least willing to face my weaknesses and my failures and try to do better. Try to make up for them. Apologize, but more importantly than just merely apologize, truly repent and seek how to be a better leader. Years ago, again, we were part of this church where we were told how to act, how to think. People needed to respect us. And what that respect looked like with this apostle was just strange. But I, it was way back then that I just learned and I told myself and then I told God in prayer, I don't want to be like that. I just want to be real. If I can't go into the ministry and just be a real human being, because listen, the Jesus I read about was real. He hung out with people. Come on. He hung out with prostitutes. He hung out with the religious. He hung out with the tax collectors. 
he hung out with people that most pastors today would turn away from for one reason or another. He was very real. He walked among the common people. He ate with them. He even fed them himself. So, so what are we doing in the ministry today when we're trying to be so different and look and act and be so different than the people that we lead? Now, please don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Should we be set apart? Well, yes, but not that way. Our leadership, if listen, leaders especially, if you think your leadership skills uh, are just, you know, you, you can't be a leader unless you dress completely different, you drive a nicer car, live in a bigger house, and you create this sense of this false respect and false honor where you can't even have a water balloon fight on a hot day with your youth group, then you've missed it. You've failed as a leader. And that is just, it's strange to me that that's still even an issue in our culture and our society. I was just informed of another pastor. And this one, you just got to hear this one. I go to this gym and one of the ladies that attends this gym and is part of the class that I'm in often brings her children. And one of her, one of her kids, a young man, he's uh, about seven, eight years old, somewhere around in there, runs up to me and quotes a Bible scripture and then says, give me a piece of candy. And I said, what? His mom heard it, laughed, and she shouted across the room and says, at our church, the pastor keeps candy in his pocket. Now go figure. See if this isn't strange. Keeps candy in his pocket. And when any of the kids in the church can run up and quote a Bible verse to him, he gives them a piece of candy. I mean, come on. Children actually coming up to the lead pastor, the head pastor of this church and bothering him even if it's just for 30 seconds, and then expecting him to give them candy? Actually, I said that very sarcastically for a purpose. I thought that was fantastic. Now, I don't like to give out candy only because candy's really bad, but that's not the issue. The issue was that this pastor made himself very real, very approachable. Um, he came down enough to these children's level, to meet them in a loving, compassionate, kind way and would give them candy for rep, for being able to recite a Bible verse or a Bible passage, which encourages them to, to learn more of the Word of God. I thought that was fantastic. That was brilliant. That was um, akin to having a water balloon fight, making himself real and approachable so that these kids could just be themselves in the house of God. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was, so two thumbs up to that pastor. The other pastors that I was talking about, come on, you guys, get off your high horse. You're not Jesus. And even Jesus wouldn't do that. I don't know who you guys think you are, that you have to be someone different than who Jesus was or who Paul was or who Peter was. Remember Paul? Here's this guy that he didn't even want to be a burden to the church. He could have taken offerings and he could have taken uh, money from the people, but he didn't want to be a burden to the church. 
So when he did take an offering, it was for other people. He went out and got a job. Oh my gosh. A guy that should have been in full-time ministry. He was writing what has become much of the New Testament. He was traveling all over that part of the world to minister, to preach the gospel, to change people's lives and establish churches. And he still went and got a job. Not because he was in desperate need per se, like I said. He could have taken right from the ministry, but so that he wouldn't be a burden. And he had to, if you will, lower himself to the position and the place of the common man and work among them, not just lord over them on a Sunday or at that time a Saturday in the pulpit. That kind of Christianity, that kind of leadership is disgusting in the body of Christ. And it actually needs to stop because what we're doing our people a complete and total disservice by being that and doing that. It's time for us pastors and leaders, regardless of what your title is, it doesn't matter to me if you call yourself bishop, deacon, elder, pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher, apostle, or anything else. Whatever your title or position is, To lord it over the people is exactly what Jesus was against and he spoke against. You know how those Gentiles are, how they lord it over the people. And then he talks about how his type of leadership, what he wanted us to become were servants. Servants. Remember, and he set the standard when he knelt down and he washed his disciples' feet. Now, that doesn't mean that you get to have a foot-washing ceremony or service once every six months and nothing else changes. Like, you're so humble because you took off your $1,000 suit coat, put an apron on, and washed a few of your people's feet, and now you're just so humble. What Jesus was showing was not just to sit down and wash people's feet per se. That's not bad. Don't misunderstand me. That's not bad. But to have an attitude of the lowliest servant in the house. I remember I was invited to a church one time to minister. And afterwards, they were going to have a potluck and uh, fellowship after the service. So I got to speak and do all that. And this is one of the churches that has, you know, the thrones up on the platform where the head pastors can sort of like lord it over everybody. I always thought that was funny, but whatever. That didn't necessarily bother me as what happened at the potluck afterwards. So afterwards, we all go to the back fellowship room, fellowship hall, where they were serving food and such. And there was already a line formed for the food. Now, anybody that knows me really knows that I like to eat. And so I just kind of jumped in line. And the people that were in line with me, their eyes got real big. Their their faces lost all expression. And they just kind of stared at me almost like they were afraid. And the pastor, the host pastor, just kept on walking and sat down at a table. And what was funny, when I noticed this, I looked over at the table he was sitting at, and there was one they were all folding chairs around this table except for one really nice, cushy, you know, gaudy kind of chair. And that was for him. That was the king's chair, of course. 
the dignitary chair. They didn't even get me a fancy chair, and I was the guest speaker. So I just kind of stayed in line. Somebody was sent by the pastor to, to come and get me and get me out of line and make me sit down at the table because I said, don't worry, they will feed me. They will get my stuff. They will. And I told them, I don't really mind. I'll get my own food because I was greeting people, shaking people's hands. The people just front and back of me still looked, they, they were scared. They were like, like they were in trouble. So um, I went down. I wanted to be respectful to the house that I was in. I went and sat down. And wouldn't you know it? And the pastor, when he wanted something or needed some, he would just raise his hand and click, click, you know, snap his fingers and three or four people would run to him. I don't mean just, okay, we'll be right there. Run to him. Yes, 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 yes. What can we get you? What can we get you? What can we get you? It was disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. When I started seeing that, that's when I stood back up. I got back in line. To the dismay of everybody, they told me, no, no, we'll get it. No, I will get myself. I am a grown man, fully capable of feeding myself. So I stood in line. I waited in line. I got the food. I thanked the people, the ladies especially, that had cooked and prepared and served and were there. I thanked them. I shake their hands. I hugged a few. I stood there and tasted some of it, kind of like sampling, told them how phenomenal it was. I would definitely be back. And, and people started loosening up. They thought it was kind of strange, but they were loosening up. The pastor, you should have seen the look on his face when I turned around and locked eyes with him. He was so angry that I was actually acting like a real person in his church. Who am I? I'm the guest minister. My God, I was should have been sitting down and have people waiting on me. Don't they know that that's the way they do it around there? Of course I knew they, that's the way they did it around there. That's why I was doing it the right way. That's why I was doing it the way Jesus would do it. That's why I was doing it the way Paul was doing it. At my church right now, I, I learned from those things. So at my church, you know what we do? And I'm not saying we do this all the time, but most of the time, the leaders, the pastors, and the, and the ministry heads at my church, we do the serving. We do a lot of the cooking. We do a lot of the setting up, the prepare, preparing and tearing down. Not only us, there's a lot of people that join in and help, but we have people join in and help because the leadership is doing it and setting the example. There's many times that I jump behind the table where, where we have our, our uh, food and, and they're serving. I grab the spoon and I start serving people. One, I just enjoy it. It's a great way to really minister to your people and, 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 and become one of them where they truly respect and honor me now. Because I'm one of them in that regard, and I will serve them. And what I have found is when I do that, the more often I do that, the less often I have to do that. Because then people are willing, no, 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 no. Apostle, you don't have to do that. Let me do that. Why don't you go sit down with your family, enjoy this time. So I said, I'll tell you what, let me do it for the next 10 minutes. You come back up here, do it for 10 minutes. Somebody else will jump in 10 minutes. If you get too tired, holler, I'll come back. And I'm up and I'm making my rounds. I'm greeting people. And, you know, people know me. They have to guard their plates when I walk by because I'll tap them on one shoulder. And when they turn their head that way, I'm reaching over their other shoulder, grabbing their chicken leg, you know. And um, it's become almost like a running joke, a fun thing. But it's because we're real. Now, I'm not trying to brag about me because this isn't just me. I learned this by watching the nonsense on the other side. I literally said to, to myself, and I, and I prayed this out, God, 
I know I, I know what I need to do now. Just do opposite of them. Do opposite of those knuckleheads. If if they're doing something, I just pretty much do the opposite and I'm I'm pretty good. And it's been working. And believe me, I I'm talking about my own experiences, but I'm not the only one. More and more and more, thank God, there's pastors and church leaders that are rising up and doing just that. Years ago, I was invited to go to a pastor's conference up at Bethel Church with Bill Johnson. And this this is, um, I don't know, 15 years ago at least. <clears throat> and so anyways, I was up there. And um, it was a, it was a, there were good meetings and such. And at one point, uh, Bill Johnson was just walking around. I mean, just really walking around amongst all these, these uh, church leaders from all over. Small churches, big churches, medium-sized churches, ministries that wouldn't even really, you wouldn't would say that we're actually churches, but still ministry leaders. He was greeting them, introducing them himself, asking them, is there anything that we can do to make your stay here better? How are you? How's your church? Where are you located? And I never felt that it was fake, never felt that it was phony. It seemed very, very real. Then at one of the lunch times, we had a lunch break. They served us all lunch. And there he is again. And with his associate team and his uh, Chris Valentin, which is like the associate pastor there, and Bill Johnson, the head pastor there, walking around, greeting people, laughing with people, uh, hearing what they have to say. You know, not just all about him or all about just talk, 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 talk. I've seen those guys too. How are you doing? How's your church? Where's your church located? You know, how, how's it going? Um, are you experiencing growth? Is there anything that maybe we can help you with? And he would stop and listen to their response. And he would bless them and then go to the next person. I don't think he was trying necessarily to reach every pastor in that place. But he was gracious enough to reach as many as he possibly could and give them enough time and give them his ear. That was a rare quality, unfortunately, in many circles. But with him, it was very refreshing, very refreshing, because somebody of that caliber, and I say that caliber, I just mean somebody who's well-known, has a large church, and is well-known as he is, to take the time for the quote-unquote common, unknown pastor of even the small churches, because at that same conference, at one of the lunches, one of the pastors sitting on my right says to me, so my name is so-and-so, who are you? I introduced myself. He says, how big is your church? That's the first question. How big is your church? And at that time, we were running about 100 people. I said, oh, we're about 100 people. Oh, okay. Turned around and asked the guy on his his right, his name, same thing, how, how big is your church? And the guy says, somewhere around like 500 people. Oh, and suddenly he changed his attitude. Completely ignored me after that. Then he carried on this this conversation like they were two buddies laughing and joking. The guy on my left asked me, hey, and my, my name and everything. And he didn't bother asking me how big my church is. He asked me, so how's things at your church? Things are going on. Come to find out his church was even smaller than mine. Um, just in conversation. But we had a great conversation. The guy on the other side missed it. He showed to me that, yeah, he may have had some leadership skills to be able to build a 500-member church, but he didn't have leadership skills to just connect with people on, a, on 
just that common level. We were all there for the same reason. We were all there to be built up. We were all there to be strengthened. We were all there to receive some revelation and understanding and anointing. We were all there to be um, ministered to ourselves. And he missed an opportunity. Think about this. A guy with a church five times my, my church, five times the size of my church, had, had that brief moment in time to minister to me, to possibly help me get to where he's at. Instead, he poo-pooed it because my church wasn't big enough for him. These are some of the problems that need to be addressed and confronted in the body of Christ. And honestly, you people who are going to some of these churches, led by some of these pastors, the question I would have for you is why? What would motivate you to be in a church that the leadership is so high and mighty, godlike, king-like, that you have to bow down and and you know do whatever they ask, whenever they ask, how they ask it. No, please, I am all about honor. That's not honor. That's disgusting. That's a disgusting display of false leadership. My suggestion would be not to stop going to church, but go find a church with Christ-like leadership and support that man or woman. Support that place. Give your time, attention, resources to that place because that place is going to go somewhere. That place is going to honor you as much as they expect you to honor them. At any rate, we're going to be addressing these types of issues and hopefully be bringing up some answers. I just want you guys to think. Think outside of the box because you're not just sheeple. Yes, you are sheep in Christ's fold, but not man's fold. Think like men. Think correctly. Think like the sheep of God, but the men of God at the same time. Rise up, don't be controlled, don't be manipulated, don't fall for the nonsense. God bless you all. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for joining us here at Table Flippers. I would love to hear from you. You can find my contact information at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Please let us know how we are doing. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and comments. Have a fantastic day.